welcome to the Be Together podcast. We believe here that God did not desire for man to be alone. We are created with a need for companionship. So this gift has come to us through family and friends. Join me, Sarah, and my husband, Andrew, each week as we sit down with some of our favorite people and share our hearts on some fun and some difficult topics. Join us. Let's be together. Welcome to the Be Together podcast, episode two. We are so excited to make another episode. So we are just going to start off by saying thank you. We are already at 130 listens. So with our trailer in episode one, we're at 130 listens, which is very encouraging. I don't really care that much about numbers, but to see that on our analytics kind of just makes me smile and just encourages me to keep going. Yeah, and and. The only way we're going to be able to continue more and more of these episodes is if we have great ideas for actual episodes. So we just want to thank you for the friends and family that have already reached out and given us episode ideas. Uh, And if you also have episode ideas that you just have rattling around your brain, you want to give us, please reach out to us. We're available on Facebook, Instagram, and our email address at betogetherpodcast at gmail.com. And that's the letter B. Um, and then we can continue this even more than we already have and be encouraged by you. And hopefully we can encourage you. Um, now for episode two, um, we are going to be talking about introverts and extroverts. Sarah and I are on both sides of the spectrum and we are just going to dive into what that means for us, our family and our Christian walk. That's right. And I also just want to say that we are not um, researchers. We are not professionals on this topic. These are just things that we've picked up and noticed about our tendencies and our personalities and our relationships. And we're just going to pass those along. So you may agree and disagree with what we say. We'd love to have your feedback when the episode's over Mm -hmm. um, on where you fall on this spectrum and um, how this information may have helped you. Okay, so we're going to spend some time looking at introverts and extroverts. So there is a lot of different types of personality trait tests and questionnaires and um, identifiers that people out there do. I think one of the common ones I've heard of is like the Myers-Briggs. Yep, I've done that a few times in different corporate settings. Yeah, and it's like the one that gives you like the four letters that stand for Mm -hmm. different traits. Um, There's also a really popular one, the Enneagram. I know in my Christian circles, that one's like commonly accepted and like looked at as an encouragement to use to help you learn um, your communication style and the way you form relationships and stuff. So there's lots of different ones out there, but um, we're going to take a second and look at some of the tendencies of introverts and extroverts. Remember, this is a spectrum, so it's not like you're black and white. It's not like you're one extreme or the other. So as we kind of list these things off... You might say, oh, that's me. Okay, I kind of do that. Okay, no, that's not me. But just kind of think for a second as you're listening on some of these traits, where do you fall on this spectrum? So I'm going to talk about introverts first, and then Andrew will talk about extroverts. So introverts, they enjoy one-on-one conversations. They have closer relationships with few friends. So not necessarily a big circle of friends, just a few really close relationships. They tend to be good listeners. Um, They also have a tendency to struggle with change. Introverts have been um, kind of told that they are better at deep focus for a long time. So I guess that means kind of meditative. Introverts tend to be more reserved. They open up to only a few people. 
They reflect before making decisions. They're not necessarily interested in getting attention and they like quiet workspace. So those are some of the things as I was researching that I found are tendencies of introverts. Now, Andrew's gonna tell you some of the tendencies of extroverts. So see if this matches up with any of you. Yeah, and typically, and trending is the right word I think to use for this, but typically all the extro extrovertive things are the opposite side of those spectrums. So um, the extroverts really like to be recharged by being social. They want to be around people. They really enjoy group conversations over individual conversations. Um, they typically have more friends, but the bonds with those friends possibly might be a little less strong. Um, they speak more. They easily accept change, and that's something that we're really going to hit on um, as well. Um, but also on the other side is they get distracted very, very easily. Uh, they're more open uh, and also typically open up more to just random people. They just are kind of an open book sometimes. Um, they love getting attention. Meanwhile, like Sarah said earlier, the introverts might not like that getting that attention. Um, they're also okay and fine with working in open spe spaces. In typically in the corporate world, they tend to speak up more during meetings without being prompted. Yeah. Whereas introverts, I don't know if I said that they kind of share ideas more just like when they're prompted. Also, um, one thing I read on a different source said that you know, introverts are recharged by time alone, where extroverts are recharged by social interactions. So that's kind of one of the things that Andrew and I have talked about in our relationship, which we will get to. Um, also, I read something that said introverts can make great leaders, but can lack confidence in their capabilities, whereas extroverts tend to have a lot of confidence um, and can portray their confidence. Yep. So, after listening to all that, maybe you can make some decisions about where you think you fall on that spectrum. In our relationship, I am the extrovert of the family. Like, I'm the poster child of extroverts. So, we're going to start talking um, between us about that side of it. Uh, I love people. Um, it is really interesting to me. I am finally in a job where that is my job. I'm a people person. I'm around people all the time. It is one of my responsibilities to actually dive in and figure out how people work as a team and also how to help them work better at a team. And all the things that we just said about extroverts, we're fine with working with open spaces, we speak up in meetings, we like getting attention, all of that things, it just speaks to me um, so, so much. And even looking back at my career, there were times in my life when I was working at places where I had to be hyper-focused, I had to be more reserved. I needed to not change very often. Those are all things that are introvert tendencies that just rubbed me like sandpaper. Like it was, it was terrible. I was never comfortable in those places. Uh, but now I feel very free and I feel very um, valuable, I guess you can say, in the job that I have. So now switching over to kind of our relationship, my relationship with Sarah and our family and things like that. So Sarah and I are opposite. She'll... Yeah, I'm definitely more on the spectrum of introverted. I do, I don't think I'm like far side introverted, but it, you'll see as I talk, like I'm more definitely on that side. Yeah, and that was, I think, 
you know, opposites attract. So at the very beginning, that was yeah. very appealing, yeah. Um, especially when we were dating, because you know I could be the center of attention and it would be okay. Yeah. Um, as we've gone through marriage thing for a while, um, there have been some speed bumps because of this. One of the things specifically that I would love to talk about and see your opinion on is one on one conversations. Between, so like between us. Between us, yeah. yeah. Typically. Uh, in my corporate setting, in my job, I am always with at least two or three people having conversations. Yeah. And that's what recharges me. Like meetings and things. And so I tend to not seek out like one-on-one conversations because I think they're awkward. Uh, I, can, I can never end a one-on-one conversation yeah. gracefully. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, you know, because introverts seek that that's kind of you know alone time and then really strong one-on-one conversation is what kind of recharges us or refills us there were times where i felt disconnected because we weren't having those like meaningful one-on-one conversations Mm -hmm. and it wasn't because you didn't care it was just because you don't communicate or that communication is not what recharges you like we can text each other important information. We can chit chat like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Yeah. That stuff's not, that's not what we're talking about. It was those just deep, meaningful conversations about whatever from the day or about things that are on our mind. And so, you know, it's something we always work at. It's something that I kind of initiate sometimes with you, but it's not like you can't have a one-on-one conversation. Absolutely. No. And that's the thing. I, I mean, we've been married for a long time now, so it's, it's one of those we, I have grown in that and learned more on how to do that. I still don't do a very good job of initiating those. Yeah. I, I still look to you to say, Hey, we need to have a conversation and in the back of my mind, I'm like, what is this about? Like, is something major <laughs> and, it may not and, serious? Be and it's just nothing, but it's just something that she really needs the, me to focus on and, and have yeah. a conversation about. Yeah. yeah that's, so what about you? Yeah, so relationship-wise, I'll talk more about that, but I'll go back since you talked about your job. I'll yeah. talk about my job. So I do tend to be more on the introverted side of the skill. However, um, I'm around people all day, like a lot of people. I teach middle school, so I'm around. Um, and not only do I teach middle school, I won't give too much away, but I teach at one of the largest middle schools in our state. <laughs> so um, our student population is very large. It's over a thousand students every day, plus teachers and other staff members. So there's just a, I'm around a lot of people all day. So that is something that has been draining for me over time. And it's not that I don't like what I do. So it's this really weird complex because I enjoy like teaching students. I enjoy sharing information. I enjoy seeing kids discover things, but the overwhelmingness of being around people all the time requires me to withdraw and have alone time. And so that's something that was really difficult and stressful at first because I just didn't have this awareness. I didn't really know my tendencies when I first started teaching. Now I'm aware of that. And Andrew, he gets it. Like he knows there are times I just need to go to our room, bedroom alone and quiet, or I'm going to, you know, put a podcast on or some music on and just focus on my heart and my thoughts and not on people. And it doesn't mean I don't deeply care for people. I think that's kind of a myth. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people think that, introverts are loners or, um, don't really want to socialize. I actually enjoy socializing. Um, I really enjoy one on time, one time with friends and family, 
um, or even really small groups like, you know, with our family. But I also know that there are times I need to withdraw. So within my job, there are challenges, but um, I still really enjoy what I do and I still think that I can thrive at it. I just have to know how to step back when it's appropriate and recharge. Absolutely. And that's a, I think that's a um, maturity thing in marriage, being able to ask, hey, I do need yeah. some time alone. Yeah. Um, and Andrew will say it, like he has played, for example, he has played intramural softball. Is that what it's called? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like our whole marriage and our whole dating life. So that's like 15 years now. Can you yeah. believe that? <laughs> yeah. So it is this thing he has done in the fall, summer, and spring, almost our entire relationship. And it's, you know, he's done fast pitch and slow pitch softball. And he goes like weekly to these games and he encourages me to come, Hey, you guys should come. And it's like, Dude, that's your thing. Like you go, <laughs> you go, you get recharged. You like love it, laugh it up with these guys that you really don't see any other time. Yeah. You guys work in a variety of different places. You know each other from a variety of different things. You have all these just people you know that you go and interact with. And to me, that's not relaxing. That's not really enjoyable and it's okay. Yeah. And so he goes and he does that and he gets recharged and he has a great time. And meanwhile, I can put my kids to bed and I get alone time and it's fine. And it works, right? So, like, that's just an example of we figured this out. You know, I think a lot of times in relationships, you think you have to be together all the time. And it's okay. Like, especially if you're opposites and that. That, like, he can go do that. And I trust that he is there doing his thing, having fun, and that I'm at home. And it's not like I'm a, a hermit or anything. I'm just having that time to recharge. Yeah. And so, that's just kind of one example. Um, also like within our relationship, like he said, he being an extrovert, he's that social butterfly. So we go to an event, (laughs) maybe it's one of his work events or maybe it's a extended family event. And when I say extended family, we both have very large large families. families, So there could be quite a few people, you know, and oftentimes, what do I say in the car? He's like, Hey, whenever you go here, (laughs) don't, don't leave me somewhere in the corner. Yeah. Because he will just go off and talk to anybody and everybody and just wander from room to room. And that's great. It works for him. But then I'm left and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so awkward. I'm alone. Who do I talk to? I don't want to be in this room full of thousands of people. Yeah. That's an exaggeration, but you know, there are a few times in our early on in our marriage where I would do that thinking, just assuming that she would kind of follow my lead. and, And I didn't. And then I would, in my conversation or something like that and I'd go looking for her thinking she was in a different room and nope she's right where I left her <laughs> you know 30 minutes ago and I'm far like, from there. who have you talked to and she's like absolutely no one or I'm just like, oh, one wow, person okay. that I kind of yeah. know I don't know so that whole dynamic can get kind of interesting when we go places another thing is how we make decisions yeah. so extroverts on the far extreme scale they can make decisions quickly and then introverts on the far side of the scale, they want to reflect more. They want to, you know, think it through making decisions. Now, I wouldn't say that Andrew, like, pulls the trigger fast and makes a bunch of decisions that he regrets. I don't think you do that. No. But I also think that, um, like, when we built a house, and so when we were building this house, you would we'd be talking to the builder, and you'd just start talking about decisions. And then you'd look to me, and I'm, like, silent. <laughs> And he's just like... And typically she had this look on her face where I thought, wow, everything I've talked about, she hates every single idea. And that was not it. It Later, you know, as the time we'd have a time away from the builder or time to talk about it more, I would just say, I just need to think about this. And so I have to really 
process, think it through, visualize, which that's another thing I struggle with that doesn't have to do with this, but it would just take me more time to make decisions. Which is also funny because I am my father's son. And so when we talking about kind of building things or mm -hmm. thinking things through, Sarah's given me the compliment before, and maybe it's a negative thing as well, that I tend to overthink some things when I'm trying to plan them out. Uh, my dad does the same thing where something that might take the normal person a week to plan or to complete might take him two weeks because he just overemphasizes that. And so I, I feel like sometimes I'm on the that introvert aspect of that where I have to overthink some things. But typically when it needs to be a decision right there and now, I'm ready to say, sure, let's make this decision right now. And I think that's what happened a lot of times with our house. Yeah, I guess maybe it depends what it is. Yes, I so think I so. Like I said, I don't think you jump on decisions quickly where you like regret things. No. But I am someone who definitely wants to stop and not talk and just think about the options. Whereas Andrew kind of talks them out yep. and says, okay, let's do this. And I'm like, I don't know yet, <laughs> hang on. Um, so maybe you find yourself on one of those or the other. Um, so yeah, those are kind of some things in our relationship, tendencies and personality traits that go along with introverts and extroverts. Um, I know not all couples are opposites. We are, I would say in this regard, but there are, you know, other couples where maybe you guys are more towards the same side of the spectrum. And so that would add a whole nother interesting dynamic to like how you build your relationship and how your tendencies play into that. So you may or may not kind of find yourself on one end or the other. Um, and you and your spouse or your family members, you might find yourselves more kind of on the same. And so I'm sure that still presents its challenges too. So yeah, if you want to comment, like we said at the beginning of the episode and give us some feedback, we'd love to hear kind of your dynamics on some of this. Okay, so as Andrew and I kind of self-examine ourselves and our relationships, and we were discussing these tendencies that we have and how they kind of guide our choices, one thing that came up was our faith because it is not just something we do, but we, you know, are of people of faith, it is within us, it is who we are. And so we both are on this Christian journey, even though we're introverts and extroverts. So we look to Jesus as our example, and that led us to a question that brought up some really interesting discussion. Was Jesus introverted or extroverted? And so Andrew's going to give you his perspective. Yeah. Um, as I was thinking about this and uh, this question, I was really intrigued by it. And uh, thinking about it and looking at the Bible a little bit more, I really wanted Jesus to be an extrovert. I, wanted, I really wanted to win, um, but uh, it was kind of both. I think that was the, the greatest thing that I found about it. And it's interesting because we're made in God's image. Right. And so it would be very, it's very, very reasonable to expect Jesus to be both of these things. Yeah, I think as we were discussing, we found examples in the Bible of him displaying strong tendencies of both, which would make sense because like Andrew said, if we're all created in his image then it's not like you only get part of him. You're, you're created within his image. So what were some of the examples you came up with? I like so um, just like tying it back to the Bible, one of the things that extroverts get um, uh, a lot of you know, notoriety for, I guess, is wanting to be the center of attention. And Jesus did not shy away from being the center of attention. And in, in the midst of his ministry, especially like the Sermon on the Mount, like there were thousands of people around him all the time. He mm -hmm. didn't 
wilt away and not like that. He mm-hmm. he enjoyed it. He enjoyed giving the word to people and, and sharing the gospel yeah. and giving the information of who he really was to them. So he didn't wilt away from that. Right. But at the same time, he did still carve out time for him to be alone. Yeah, like he, when he went to the garden to pray. Exactly. And sleep and then even just close circles, you know. Absolutely. I talk about the, the disciples. We talked about the disciples where we have 12 which to me, 12 seems like a great group of friends. Yeah, that sounds like kind of like a party. That's like a lot a, of like people. Like a group, a room full. Uh-huh. And, but then he also had his inner circle yeah. of Paul and, and Peter, where he, or not Paul, it was Peter, um, where he was able to really trust in those men right. to, to have that like inner his circle. Right hand and that's kind of an introverted thing. So uh, I think that he is an example for both. And I, for me, it is so uplifting and so encouraging for that to be the case because that means that both introverts and extroverts and the people in the middle can lean on Christ for anything that goes on in their life. Right. And he can be an example of, you know, what to do in those situations when we're uncomfortable. Because even though I'm an introvert, I still have leadership roles within my job where I have to speak in front of my peers. And like, I still have to encounter situations that are uncomfortable so even though those aren't my tendencies, I can still look at how Jesus handled those with grace and um, have confidence that like he can give me that even though I feel insufficient in it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully you'll find that encouraging too. And whether you, wherever your tendencies lie, you could look to the word of God and see situations where he, you know, had those strengths, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Sarah and I have both talked about introvert and extrovert and how we fit in those roles. Uh, And we just want to encourage you to kind of do some soul searching for yourself. Try to figure out if you are in the middle of that, if you're kind of a moderate or you're one side or the other, like me, where I fall directly into an extrovert bucket. And just to encourage you to have those conversations with close friends and family to kind of see where they are because we can improve your relationships with one another yeah, once I you understand when you, that. Yeah, I think when you know your own tendencies and like your closest family members, you know, tendencies and personal traits, it just helps you have some moments of putting yourself in their perspective. Absolutely. Whereas, you know, if you're just focused on your tendencies, you might not understand their communication style or their social style. And so it is important, I think, to understand not only your own, but also the people closest to you. So hopefully today has kind of brought that to your attention. Many of you probably already know this, but um, we also hope that it will encourage you to reflect on Jesus as our guide. Absolutely. And I, I would encourage you to lean on Christ in these moments because you can rely on him to show you both sides of that. If right. you're struggling with something, if you're uncomfortable with something, right. um, Jesus is that ultimate example. And he's provided a lot of encouragement for me when I struggle with certain aspects of my own personality. Right. So, so seek those out in the word of God and like, find those examples. And if you have questions, like we can help answer those as best we can. But we just want to say thank you so much for joining us with episode two. We hope you enjoyed it and join us next for episode three and let's be together. Absolutely. And go Go Chiefs. Chiefs.